What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me today. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new day. The world is going to hell in a handbasket, but we as believers have a blessed hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a special day for me um, as this is actually the fifth anniversary of this show, of my podcast, and it's been quite a spiritual journey. And so today I wanted to record a, a few thoughts, a few things that I've learned over the last five years of doing this and to share them with you. And especially uh, because it's been a spiritual journey, it started off, I wasn't saved at that point. I was very much all about myself, living you know, my own life and using the show to you know, talk about entrepreneurism and personal growth, all kinds of things that aren't so much relevant to me today. But I realized how God built things up. You know, God builds things up in your life and he He does things step by step. And then you look back in retrospect and you say, wow, you know, God's plan is just truly amazing. And so I see that all these things that I were, I was doing with my show for all these years have set me up for where I am today. And who knows where it's going to be in another year, another two years from now. So ultimately, um, I want to share that journey with you today. I want to share what I've learned in the last five years and also offer you some strategies to live a better Christian life, really, ultimately, those things that I'm practicing, things that I'm trying to learn more of, uh, but really to present them from the perspective of a dance. And that's really what this whole moniker is about, the dance of life to me. It's it's evolved over time. It initially started as something else, but uh, again, it's just God's plan in retrospect is, is just so amazing. And so for me, life is a dance. It is a dance between two things. And when we're trying to make decisions between two things, we're always having to reconcile these things that apparently seem contradictory. And we see that in the Bible actually all over the place. I'll show you a, a few examples in this episode. But ultimately, it's about learning to balance two things that seem opposite, right, but complementary, and learning to lean on the Lord, learning to pray, learning to to trust in Him, to check in with the Lord all the time, and to reflect, right? It's, that's the dance. It's a constant dance. It's just like the, the path of salvation. We're saved by grace, by God's grace. There's nothing that we can do, but ultimately uh, we are called to participate, right? We're, pro- we're called to participate in our own salvation and this unfolding work in our lives. We're, we're called to participate as Christians. We are called to, uh, you know, to, to do good works, not because we're saved, but because we want to, because that's what we're called to as Christians. And so there's this dance, there's this dance we have to engage in in life. And it's been a, it's been quite a journey for me, so I wanted to share that journey with you today a little bit about it. So about five years ago, January 4th, 2018, was when I first published an episode on this show. And it was called Taking Action to Create the Life You Love. And like I said, at the time when I first started, it was all about personal growth, uh, personal development, all these things I realized now, which are, you know, they're half-truth. There's some, there's some good things in there. But ultimately, the personal growth arena, the personal development arena, the whole industry it is based on the Garden of Eden lie that you can be your own God, you know, that you have to take action, that you have to be, uh, you know, the one to save yourself, essentially. And so there's a lot of things that I have rejected from that old life, but ultimately it is what pulled me into wanting to do my own show, wanting to speak about things like having a better life, you know, and taking action, which in and of themselves aren't evil or bad. But again, it's it's the end that you're using it to. Personal development, the personal growth industry is all about you being your own God. God wants you to take action too, but it's a different, it's a dance. It's a dance between trusting him one step at a time, whereas the personal growth arena is really about believing in yourself, right? So it's an inversion of the truth. But either way, at the time, 
I was very unhappy with, with the job that I was in. It was coming to an end. I was working for a small business. I was actually a professional ballroom dancer, and that's why the title of this show was what it was, The Dance of Life. To me, it was like, okay, you know, I can kind of make a play on words with my background. You know, dancing as a professional athlete and competing and teaching people had taught me how to, you know, see movement as a parallel to life. And I and I start, started to see just how much that was true. I mean, things like movement and balance and alignment and harmony and, and things that we, we look at in, in movement and how that related to things like business and leadership. It was really profound. And so I was like, okay, the dance of life, you know, that, that could be what it is. And that was more of a philosophical thing to me. And, you know, where I was in my, when my life at the time, I was just looking to express myself and really looking to, you know, to make something of myself because that's what society tells you to do, right? It tells you to, that you have to be successful, that you have to take the reins of your life rather than trusting God in God's perfect plan for your life. And so, you know, that, that lasted for a good four years and God let me wander around on, on a long leash because I, you know, I really was very hungry to do something different. My life had, had lost a lot of meaning over the years of working for somebody else. And eventually, you know, that, that was the case. I mean, I got fired from that job <laughs> and then COVID hit. You all know how that went because you went through it as well. And just a lot of life problems, some health issues. I started having sleep issues, uh, you know, lost all my money. Just just a lot of things that aren't, you know, there's no point in mentioning them at this point, but there's a lot of humbling things happened to me in the last, especially last three years. But in the last five years, it's been quite the journey. And at some point, I realized that interviewing people about entrepreneurship, interviewing them about, you know, spirituality, even spiritual stuff, I realized most of those things were lies. I, ever since of coming to Christ, you realize how much that stuff is just a lie. You know, the whole New Age movement, the whole you know, just new age personal growth sphere, which is now fusing. It's all fusing into one sort of cultural philosophy of just new age stuff. And so anyway, long story short, uh, I started with the mentality that I need to take action for my life, that I needed to be the one to rescue myself. And I spun and spun and spun. And really, I did nothing. I didn't do very much with a lot of effort. If you've ever started your own show, if you've ever tried to, you know, create content, it's a lot of work for sure. Um, but especially if you're trying to make money off of that, that's a whole different story. So, and on top of that, if, if you or if you want to do something meaningful, let's put it that way, because you can make money on TikTok doing, you know, stupid little dance videos, but ultimately, are you going to be fulfilled doing that? The question is probably not. But if you want to do something fulfilling and make money and make content, that's a that's a hard rap to do, you know, and, and I, I do thank God because I was able to do some things that still pay me royalties today, but ultimately that's not important. The point is that I was trying to be my own savior and I realized, thank God, that that isn't the case, that we have a perfect savior and that ultimately the dance of life is not me navigating through life, me navigating through, you know, things and making decisions and me choosing between good and evil just as the Garden of Eden lie tells us to do, but rather it's the dance between learning to follow God's leads. You know, God is the leader, we're the followers. And if you've ever done some dancing, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's it's such a beautiful metaphor. It works perfectly. You know, God is a perfect lead. He knows the music, he knows the choreography, and we follow that lead. Are we still taking action? Absolutely, because we're dancing. But 
we're dancing with a perfect lead and we're following his cues. And so it's this, it's again, it's this intermixed duality between there's our own selves and our own action that we're taking, but at the same time, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is the one decreeing and declaring and predestining things. And it's this dance between these two things. And it's a very wonderful mystery, but thank God that it is a mystery. And so I want to boast in the Lord a little bit with all the things that have happened, especially in the last year, considering this is a year-end kind of reflection or a new year type of reflection. But I want to share with you just to show you how in the last year, especially, I came to Christ back in the summer of 2021 after a lot of serious things happened in my life and ended up having to declare bankruptcy and a lot of other things happened. But ultimately, that was a very humbling point in my life. And ever since then, a lot of other things happened. I lost my voice in early 2022. And thank God now it's barely coming back, starting to actually be able to record things again. And it was rough. It was rough that, you know, right after, let's say, being born again, and then you have a, a fire to do things with the gifts that God has given you, the gifts like recording and doing, you know, all the things that I do. I wanted to use that to glorify God, to serve God in some way. And literally a few months after that, my voice just goes away. And that was rough. That was a real challenge for me because I was like, okay, now what? Now I literally can't do anything all day. You know, I can't even really work or teach because all the things um, that I was doing re required my voice. And so that was a real challenge in 2022, but it led me to a lot of really wonderful gifts in my life. It led me to writing a book, uh, a, a big book on how to develop a habit of prayer, how to reconnect with the Lord, how to find strength in suffering. It was a great book. It's on Amazon. It's called um, The Way Home, and it's by me, Tudor Alexander. That's a great book if you're looking to, again, reconnect with Jesus, if you're looking to develop a habit of prayer, if you're looking to find some strategies for dealing with strength and suffering, biblical-based strategies. But that was really, you know, we when we write a book, if you've ever written a book or written anything, you you know that the first audience is yourself. You write it for yourself. And so ultimately, that book was really written for me, and it helped me develop a habit of prayer. And so this year, this last year, 2022, was a way for me to really realize all the things that I'm sharing with you today, which is that the dance of life is between us following and God leading. And we still have our part to play, but ultimately God is in control. And I want to share with you, again, boasting in the Lord, all the things that have transpired in the last year that I literally had no, you know, I used to be able to, I still can plan, but my point is I used to plan quite a bit. You know, the personal development industry gets you to plan just massive time. People like, where are you going to be in 10 years from now? Where are you going to be five years from now? What are you going to be doing? You know, and you just get in this habit of relying on your own plans and your plans are nothing. I mean, ultimately, especially now in the, the world we live in, it is so crazy, right? I mean, the world we live in is changing constantly. Every day there's something crazy happening. And so there's, it gets less and less easier to plan out long timetables, which is a good thing in a sense, because it forces you to take it one day at a time, which is one huge lesson I've learned in my life. But my point is, that I used to be able to plan, you know, five years ahead or whatever. I make these grandiose plans. And now, and I didn't accomplish anything. That's the point. <laughs> I didn't really accomplish anything significant. Whereas in the last year, I didn't really plan anything. 
And I just want to take a, a few moments to boast about the things that boast in the Lord, to boast about the things that God has done in my life, to share with you. And again, it's to me, it's proof that ultimately we have to live one day at a time. We have to live one day at a time. Of course, you should have plans. Of course, you should make some plans. But, you know, the Bible has a lot of things to say about that. And ultimately, we shouldn't rely on our plans. We shouldn't get too invested in them. I know personally, when I make a plan, it's very easy for me to get invested into it, to put a lot of emotional energy into it. Like, oh, it's going to happen. And my brain just goes crazy and visualizes it. And then you get attached to it. And so it's a dance. Again, it's a dance between one thing and the other thing, which is opposite. On the one hand, it's make a plan, you know, get excited about the things you're doing. But at the other, at the, on the other hand, be detached right? Live with detachment as well because, you know, many are the plans of man, but it's the the will of the Lord that stands. And so, you know, there's a parable in Matthew 25 called the parable of the talents. I want to just jump to that really quick before I share with you some of these things, which I think they're just truly amazing. It's just, to me, it's the Lord's signature all over it. But the parable of the talents goes like this. It starts in Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents and made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of, the ho- the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents here, and I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you have delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." So, you know, that, that parable rings true for me, especially in this episode, because ultimately we all have gifts that God has given us. You know, some of us are good with writing. Some of us are good with painting. Some of us are good with networking with people. Some of us are very nurturing. Some of us have a green thumb. You know, there's so many different skills that each each of us have. And, and many times we have multiple skills that God gave us to reveal his glory, to to serve others, to love others, to just spread the glory of God. And the the world we live in has fooled us into thinking that we need to serve ourselves, that we need to be our own saviors. And in the process, what happens is we misuse our gifts. 
for serving ourselves. And that's what happened with me ultimately with this journey of mine with the podcast is that I was definitely trying to serve myself. Now, I wasn't trying to be selfish about it. We never are aware of our own selfishness. Uh, but, you know, you look back and you say, wow, you know, the personal growth industry is really about glorifying yourself. It's really about, you know, having a personal brand and basically deifying yourself, creating yourself into this deity, this influencer that other people follow and, you know, basically worship. And so it's just, it's all built on idolatry and you realize that. And of course, I didn't realize it at the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But God opens our eyes. And, I, and again, I want to share that with you because we all have gifts and it's it's our responsibility to use them. That's where life is the most fulfilling. We have to use our gifts. And in in the, in the year before this, so the last 2022, so much has happened in my life that I literally did not plan. And I want to just go through that with you. And again, I'm boasting in the Lord here because to me, this is all the Lord. Nothing good that comes out of me uh, is ever me. It's really God's God's work one way or another. And I've learned that even things that I consider minuscule, as I'll share with you here, uh, we can still lean on the Lord for that. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, I read the Bible all the way through. That was something that I'm I'm very fulfilled in because I never thought I would find the Bible interesting. Never, not before this year at least. Uh, and I can tell you the Bible is the most profound written text in human history. And there's so much in there for every aspect of life. I truly believe there's no question that the Bible cannot answer. And it has just been a profound area of study. Now I'm on my second reading and, you know, all the way through, I try to go chronology on top of the regular Bible studies that I have done, but it's just been so fascinating. There's so many layers of depth. So I was able to do that in less than a year. And I credit God for that because I never had any interest in reading the Bible beforehand. Um, Again, I also lost my voice. And with that came people into my life that I could receive treatment from uh, doctors and I'm trading them. I'm trading them my service for their service. And now their service is very expensive. I didn't have the money to afford it, but God sent somebody into my life where I could trade them, teach them how to dance. I still do. I still do a little bit of that here and there and they could give me therapy and heal my voice. And thank God it has been healing. And, and that, that just goes to show you again, that's something that could have never planned. I had a friend of mine who hooked me up with one of his friends who's a who's a therapist. You know, she charges like $190 an hour. And, you know, I can't afford to do that every week. You know, that's close to, what, almost $1,000 a month, you know. But because God had prepared me, I was able to afford it with my time and the, the skills that I have. And so that's something, again, that I boast in the Lord in because uh, the, the Lord sent that person into my life. I truly believe that. There's no way I would have found that person or search them out. Um, another thing that I, I want to boast in is the coaching that I've done. The coaching that I used to do, I used to do entrepreneurial coaching, business coaching, you know, all this life coaching stuff, health coaching. And coming to Christ made me realize that a lot of that stuff was just nonsense. Again, you're just teaching people how to be their own gods rather than leading them to the gospel and into a fulfilling relationship with Christ, into a dance, right? And into the dance of life with Christ. And and so the the big conundrum for me was, well, I still enjoy helping people. I still enjoy helping people see your perspectives. But how do you do that now with with a Christian view? And, you know, sure enough, all the platforms that were on where I was offering coaching, I just said, you know, I'm just going to say I'm Christian on there and see what happens. And lo and behold, people 
started approaching me and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're a Christian. I'm a Christian too. I just was trying to find somebody that has my same values. And pretty soon I started helping Christians and Christian leaders be better Christians, live a better Christian life using scripture. And it was the most fulfilling type of coaching I've ever done. And it was not something I could have ever planned, not something that I could have ever, you know, strategized or, or built a brand around. I've never even in my life imagined that I would do such a thing. And now, you know, that's something that's part of my life, which I'm very grateful for because I feel so fulfilled helping other Christians, uh, you know, be better, live better Christian lives, getting new perspectives, you know, to, to be able to fulfill their own lives in glorifying God. So that's been something that happened. And again, it's something I never would have happened, uh, planned for. I wrote that book, The the Way Home. That's a 400-page book. Never would have planned that to write a, you know, hardcore Christian book, How to Help Other Christians. I developed a habit of prayer, daily prayer. I used to never pray. I mean, I might pray at night, but, you know, certainly not in the morning or in the mid-afternoon or do several other things uh, that I outline in that book about how to pray throughout the day, basically. Have multiple times that you're praying because it's so important to bring ourselves back in connection with God. The dance of life, you know, if you've ever done any dancing, it's it's a constant play, right? There's leads and follows and steps and moves and choreography and changing of steps and timing and position. It's you You have to be very engaged mentally to dance. And it's no different with the dance of life with God. You know, ultimately, the more we can engage with him through prayer, which is our time with him, the more we can, you know, have peace of mind. We can have clarity of thought. And a lot of times we neglect prayer. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes I get really busy and I, I neglect the, the frequency of prayer that I used to have and I can feel it. You know, I feel just run down. And so I'm very grateful for that because, again, the Lord put it on my heart to develop a habit of prayer. And I wouldn't have been able to if it wasn't for losing my voice. It forced me to stop recording <laughs> and to literally just stop and to stop everything and and just learn to pray and reconnect to God. And sometimes God will do that. God will put the brakes on your life because he needs you to do, not that he needs you, he doesn't need anything, but you know, he, he has ordained for you to, to experience something so that you can get closer to him. The elect, and I believe in election, the elect are not condemned. We are predestined to be brothers and sisters of Christ. And so ultimately we are being shaped. We're being conformed to the image of Christ. And what that means is the good and the bad. God, God has ordained successes and failures for our life to conform us to the image of Christ. And so losing losing my voice was was key for that. I had to lose my voice in order to develop these underlying things that I do today. And I'm, again, that's something I'm grateful for because I would never have done that. If my voice had been, you know, fine, I would have just kept, you know, work, 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 and let me make more content, but it's Christian content now. Well, it's not about content. God doesn't need your recordings. You know, God doesn't need anything. You know, he wants a relationship and that comes with prayer first and foremost. I also, (laughs) some of these are funny. I learned how to cut my own hair. I had to save some money, but you know what? I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm satisfied with being able to cut my own hair. That's something I would have never in my life thought that I could do or would do. I learned how to make my own bread. I learned how to make my own cheese. I learned how to make my own natural deodorant. I made my own food dehydrator. This is what I was talking about earlier with, you know, even things that you that seem to you to be menial or mundane. I ask God to help me with that. You know, I, I haven't been handy and oh, I've, I've been handy every now and then, but 
I haven't been that handy in my life. And I'm like, Lord, I know that you helped Noah build an ark. Help me build this food dehydrator. Because dehydrators are actually very useful for a lot of food prep. They can help you reduce your uh, your money on, it's like, for example, kale. Kale is a really nutritious thing, and you can dehydrate it. It preserves the enzymes, and so you can use that for shakes. You can use it for other things. But either way, when you have a dehydrator, they're pretty expensive. You know, they're like $250, $300 for a decent one. But, you know, I, could bu- I built one that was probably the equivalent of a $300 one, and it's actually more effective because the heater that I use, I use a portable heater, <laughs> and I put it, basically inside of a cardboard box lined with aluminum, you know, and some wood. I mean, it's it's pretty ghetto, but you know what? It actually works like a charm. It works really, really well. And so I'm like, wow, I would have never been able to plan or build this. It literally just came to me and I just kind of went with it. And again, it's one of those things where you feel like, okay, this definitely wasn't me. It was, I was participating in it, but I boast in the Lord because he helped me with that as well. I also got into um, gardening and growing, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that this year. And, you know, I built a, a almost a 20-foot square garden in my bedroom. You can't see it because it's off camera, but it's it's an indoor growing setup with all kinds of LED lights and, you know, just, it doesn't matter. There's so many details about it, but it's like a shelving system with LED lights and uh, in indoor containers and things like this, but I would have pointed my point in saying all this is I would have never thought of this. I've always wanted to grow. It's kind of been interesting to me, but I I, it, I never felt that calling. And yet today, now I'm I'm really excited about it, especially because being in tune with, I feel like God gave us skills, right? He gave us talents, but He also gave us gave every human being certain things that would be very fulfilling. Like for example, being with animals. Uh, being with other people, growing food, being in tune with nature. Those things I think everybody benefits from. You don't need, you know, particular talent to do that. Some people are more talented, but ultimately I think that being in alignment with the things that God intended for us gives us fulfillment. You know, growing seeds, growing seedlings, it gives you a reflection. Like when you read the parable of the sower, you say, wow, now I really understand what Jesus meant about those things and how people were seeing it because people were growing back then. They were were more in tune with nature than we are today. Another thing is we're living in the end times, folks. I mean, you got to learn how to be prepared. You have to learn how to get in tune with some skills. Don't be so dependent on this beast system. And I'm guilty of that too. I I would love to not be as dependent. And this is my first step is learning how to start growing some food and being a little more self-sustained. So again, that's something that I never would have thought possible. It certainly wasn't in, on my radar, and yet it happened. Um, you know, despite all the voice troubles, I published a five-hour faith film that's on my website. It's called The Forbidden Fruit. I published over 50 hours of Christian content and Bible studies this year. And I helped support local churches for various things like volunteering, different networking groups. I got involved. One of my friends gave me a nice keyboard. I don't know if you can see on the camera now, but... It's called a gem keyboard. It's a weighted piano keyboard. I, if you don't know this, I've played the piano for, I don't know, like 28 years now, something like that going on that. I've been writing music since I was a kid. That was a big part of my life. And I actually have my own piano album on Spotify, on iTunes. You can check it out. It's called uh, Musical Thoughts. But either way, the point is that was a very fulfilling thing that God gave me. I used to volunteer at the Mayo Hospital and especially at the cancer center playing piano and, you know, just seeing people just 
horrible after chemo and people crying and being able to play music to soothe them, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of how David played the harp to soothe Saul. And ultimately, music has a soothing power, has a very spiritual power. And I think that God gave us that skill to to give glory to him and to help others in their time of need when they're when they're suffering. Music is very powerful. And that was something that had disappeared from my life because I had to sell my keyboard, sell my piano. And lo and behold, one of my friends gave me this keyboard because he wasn't using it. And now I'm excited to be because I put I said, God, you know, I said, Lord, please, if I could play music again, I would love to like play some music to the Psalms and maybe record something. I would love to do that. And lo and behold, literally like within a few weeks, this happens. My friend gives me a brand. I mean, I don't know. It looks new, but either way, a new keyboard for me to be able to praise God and to use the skills that he's given me to, to do things like that. So again, all these things, I never planned these things. This year has been a phenomenal year in that respect. My, my faith has grown. And the point to all this, again, this is boasting in the Lord, is that God is doing the work in your life. I would have never been able to plan any of this stuff. Nothing that happened that I just relayed to you I was even on my radar. It was things that I was guided into. Okay, I don't know the choreography that God has set for me. In the past, when I was living my life of being an entrepreneur and you know, personal growth guru and whatever else I was doing, I was trying to choreograph my own life. That's what the dance of life meant to me. Today, it means something very different. It means something that I'm participating in and that God is leading. And that's what I want you to take away from this is that God is doing the work. Literally, none of these things were things that I planned or even expected. So what does the dance of life mean today? And what does that mean to you in your Christian life? Well, you know, ultimately, I started this podcast, this show about trying to help myself and help others to deal with life. But the thing that was missing was God. That was the thing that was missing. And now that that's in play, you know, my goal is to help you live a better Christian life. That's really the thing that's meaningful to me is to help people do that. And I do that through encouragement. My goal is to do that through Bible studies, through, you know, testimonies of other people. I've got some great testimonies coming. I'm really excited to get back into interviewing people. I used to interview people, but again, you know, once you, once you see the things that you were doing were lies. I used to have people book me six months out, twice a week. I was so booked just talking about entrepreneurism and spirituality and all this kind of stuff, but it's all meaningless. Without the gospel, it's meaningless. And so now I've I found some great people to do some testimonies, share some of their testimonies. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm excited for that because again, it's about helping people live a better Christian life and connect to God. And that's very fulfilling to me. So how do you apply the dance of life to your life? Well, the dance of life, essentially, there's no difference in how I see it in terms of its definition, but it is different in the sense that it involves God for me today. But the dance of life is really just two opposite but complementary things in balance over time. Okay, so I'm going to say that one more time. Two opposite but complementary things, whether it's forces, perspectives, whatever, in dynamic balance over time. So that means at one point, one's going to rule, the other one's the other. You know, it's it's a duality, right? Now, I've found this to be true in movement as it is in life. And again, it started just as a general thing, but now I see 
just how God's beauty and wisdom and genius is reflected in these principles. And the first point I want to make is that this is not about duality like in the occult sense, okay? There's definitely, the occult has taken duality, which is something God created. Remember, God created male and female. He created pairs, birds, you know, the birds and the bees, the seasons, the harvest, the famine, life and death. God created duality. Life itself, the most simple representation is a wave. What? How do we know it's a wave? It has a peak and a trough, up and down. Life is duality. Doesn't mean God is dualistic, like the Gnostics believe, but life as a physical expression is dualistic. It's up and down. It comes with these rules. It comes with the dance. Okay? Now, duality in the occult sense, they've tried to take these principles and believe themselves to be God and create, you know, God creates with duality because he's God. It's not up to us to use duality to create. So, so there's a fine line. I think that we can appreciate duality and dualistic principles because ultimately the scriptures have a lot of these baked into them, as I'll share with you in just a minute. Uh, but the other point I want to make is that you you can't express every single truth and relationship in one sentence. Okay, so this is why context is so important with Bible study, why it's so important for our lives, you know, and why the dance of life is something that will help us understand tough situations because it's not just about one thing. Okay, when somebody gives you a piece of advice, like, for example, you know, you got to be aggressive in life. You know, you have to stand up for yourself. Okay, that's a piece of advice. It might be valuable. Whereas, Another piece of advice might be, you know what, you have to be, um, you know, compassionate. You have to be peaceful. You know, you got to choose your battles. That's true as well. Are, are they both true? Yes, they're both true, but they're opposite of each other. One of them is telling you to kind of take action. The other one's kind of taking to, to not take action. And so how do you reconcile these two things if they're both true? Well, that's the dance of life. And there's a lot of things like that. You know, for example, if we head to the scriptures, Let's go through them. Proverbs 26, verses 4 through 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. But then the next verse says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. If we look at the next one, we look at John 16, verse 8 uh, 8 through 10. This is when the Holy Spirit convicts of righteousness. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness, but in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, you, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So on one hand, you have being convicted of righteousness. You, you know, the Holy Spirit is reminding us we're righteous in God's eyes because why? Because God's, because Jesus's work on the cross was perfect. There's nothing you need to doubt about that. You, you're not going to lose your salvation. This again, why I believe you cannot lose your salvation. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit convicting you if you believe you can lose your salvation. But on the other hand, you've you've got these reminders, right? That hey, you were bought for a price. <laughs> so you know, it's again, it's like setting up two things to keep you in alignment. It's like anything else. You have a, a two barriers to keep you on the, the right track. You have a road, you have one side of the road, you have another side of the road. Why? So you can stay on the road. This is the way life works, man. I tell you. And if we go on though, 
Ephesians 2 verse 8 through 9 is, we're saved by grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay, everybody knows that one. But then in Philippians 2.12, another hotly contested verse, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your, your own salvation with fear and trembling. Again, seems like two, op two opposites, right? Two opposing things, but yet they're not really opposites. They're complementary opposites. And that's the dance of life. And, and there's a whole series that I do on this, on Once Saved, Always Saved. It's an in-depth Bible series, but if that's something you're interested in, go check it out because this is where the, the beauty of these dualities are, are reconciled, is really studying context and studying how they relate to each other. But moving on, Matthew 7 Verse 1, judge not that you that you be not judged. Okay, well, how about John 7, verse 24? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So on one hand, there's a lot of verses that I didn't include here where we're told not to judge. And of course, a lot of the, the woke culture of today says, see, you know, you're so judgmental, don't judge. Well, it's not as simple as that. You know, the Bible tells us to have discernment, to judge false teachers and false prophets to judge people by their fruits, to judge people in the church, to, you know, expose the works of darkness. I mean, we are definitely commanded to be sober-minded and to judge with right judgment. Of course, don't judge people's character or sinfulness. That's, that's not up to us to judge. But we are to be judging in the sense of discerning. So you have, again, these two perspectives, and that's why there's so much unnecessary conflict most of the time over things in the Bible because people don't understand the dance of life. They don't understand the dance between these two things. Like in Matthew 5, verse 39, But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him also the left. So turn the other cheek, right? But then you have in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? So again, it's one of those verses about boundaries. There's so many like these where there's boundaries, like watch out, don't, don't do this, don't do that, avoid these people, you know, after a certain time, just cut them off, whatever. And then you have other things that are like, yeah, be open, you know, turn the other cheek, forgive often. So one of them is telling you to be closed, closed off. The other one telling you, telling you to be open. How do you reconcile these two? Well, that's the dance of life. That is where context matters and learning to relate these two opposites. Even though they're opposites, they're complementary. This is the key. When you see them as opposites, like a lot of atheists and people who are non-believers, they say, see, the Bible's full of contradictions. Well, you just don't get it. You don't get the relationship between these two and how they create a dance. Again, the, the most primitive representation of life is a wave that goes up and down. The trough and the peak are opposites, but they're complementary. They go together in a beautiful way to create the wave, to create your heartbeat, to create music, to create all these things that we see, energy, that's life. And they go together. They're not opposites that are, you know, conflicting with each other. They're opposites that are complementary. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't get. Last but not least, you have something like Isaiah in 46, 8 through 10. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to your mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times 
things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish my purpose. And of course, you have that to Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. So you have, you know, on one hand, you have this ample evidence that predestination is taught throughout the scripture. And there's so much debate around this, but there really shouldn't be. Because predestination doesn't exclude participation. We do not have a libertarian free will. And again, there's a whole series on this. I'm not even going to get to it because it's a very hotly debated topic. But predestination and participation go hand in hand. The incarnation was predestined, but Jesus lived every moment of his life moment by moment, just like you and I do. Even though he was omniscient, he knew what was going to happen, he had to still live that life out. He participated in that life, in the plan that God the Father had for him. And we're being conformed to that image. And so, ultimately, there's this dance, again, between predestination and our participation. Are these conflicting messages? Are they, you know, confusion? Is the, is the Bible confused? Is it a contradiction? No, it's not. If you understand how these two things relate, which is the thing that I'm going to share with you in just a few, a few, <clears throat> a few minutes, Excuse me, my voice was just going crazy there. But if you understand how this relates, one uh, how one thing relates to one another, ultimately you start to see the, the genius of God and how he's put everything together. You start to see how life unfolds, how one thing is related to another. You know, in Job 2, verse 9 through 10, when he first got tested, he said this, his wife said, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. <laughs> and he said in verse 10, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? In all this God, or in all this Job did not sin with his lips. So, you know, Job is probably one of the oldest books of the Bible. And Job as a character was probably around the time of Abraham. But that goes to show you that even from very early on, people knew and accepted the ups and downs of life, right? And how they're both having an, an incredible purpose to unfold God's plan, right? It's not like there's only ups and then downs that are just happening. Everything has a purpose. And so learning to see how two opposites integrate into your life is very key. And, and reconciling those verses and, and attitudes, really, it's not just because there's a ton of verses, but the attitudes that I was just sharing with you about like, again, we're saved by grace, but then there's work that we have to do, not to be saved, but we're definitely called to do work and to participate in this act. You know, God is predestined things, but we're living moment by moment, and things are a surprise. Answer a fool to his folly, don't answer a fool. You know, where do you draw the line? So how do you integrate these two? Well, the key is timing, first and foremost. That's one thing I've, re I've realized first through dancing is the importance of timing, the importance of timing your actions Accordingly, there are certain times when being aggressive or being open is appropriate. There are certain times when being closed and avoidant or whatever, choosing your battles, those are the proper times, right? And so there one advice, like being open, being compassionate, of course, that's not always going to be appropriate. Doesn't mean that it's not true. You shouldn't strive for that, but it's not going to be appropriate all the time. And there's plenty of verses in the Bible that, again, talk about boundaries, using boundaries with our energy, with our 
attention, with our mental focus, with our resources, you know, with, with how often we quarrel with people. There's plenty of boundaries versus that relate to boundaries. And again, I, I outline them in my book, but the point is that a lot of people don't think about these verses that the Bible has to say about boundaries, but it actually has quite a lot to say. And so we have to balance that with all the other things where the Bible commands us to be open. The scripture says, be open, you know, turn the other cheek, forgive often, love your neighbor. Of course, of course, we do these things, but we have to balance it with these alternate perspectives. So the key to that is timing. And when you realize that timing is the key, you start to see that the universe is impeccably timed. Everything that God created, you look at, you know, again, I'll use gardening as an example because that's relatively fresh for me, but when you plant a little seedling, it's just everything goes to do, 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 do. It's just the perfect timing for at every stage of the process, there's something that happens and it's in a sequence, in a perfect sequence. As the, as the DNA unfolds and it's telling things to build, even everything else, right? Life itself, when you have a fetus. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. You know, the, the, the psalm about God knitting us in our mother's womb. I mean, there's nothing more appropriate. God is literally knitting us in our mother's womb. And he's just, if you study these things, I mean, I, I'm a certified health coach. I'm really into, I used to be into biohacking and all these things. And so health was something for me to nerd out on. And today it's just something I look at and I'm like, wow, glory to God. So fascinating, the universe we live in and how everything is according to perfect timing. So timing is really important. And some things to keep in mind with timing are God's time, which is kairos, or chronos, which is our time, which is the world's time. Those are Greek words, but kairos is the sense of God's time. You know, every God has a plan that he's unfolding, and it's unfolding in a perfect way. Most of the time, our sense of that plan, we're at odds with that plan because we don't understand the timing for things in our lives. We don't. And so the key to understanding the timing for things in your life is to pray often. And that's really, that's really the second point of this, is that there's timing and then there's prayer. Because if you don't pray often, if you don't check in with God, you will be constantly at odds with his timing. Even so, all the things that I listed off for you that happened to me, there were things that I never could have predicted. Never things that I could have planned. And so ultimately, if I hadn't developed a habit of prayer to thank God when good things happen or to run to God when I'm having a struggle with something, frequently, the changes that were happening would have just been something I would have resisted. You see the point? So ultimately, we have to, in order to dance, you need good timing, right? That's really what it is all about. So in order to have good timing, you have to follow. You have to pay attention. You have to connect. Those things are true in dancing, and they're true in leadership. They're true in your Christian walk with the Lord. So we have to make a habit of prayer in the morning, Thank God for the things he's given us midday, in the evening, before you do something, after you succeed, when you're failing. All these things are moments to check in with God. The more you can check in with God, the more you will not be surprised by his timing. You'll be delighted. And there's still things that surprise me or catch me off guard and, you know, I get upset. But I've gotten in the habit to, to turn to God instead of trying to turn to myself to solve the problem. And it's a, it's a challenge. It's still a challenge. It's something I'm still working on because I am very type A. I'm very, you know, I have a lot of muscle memory for all those years of being involved as a professional athlete, of being an entrepreneur, personal growth. 
you know, do this. I went to seminars, read books. It's it was ingrained in my nervous system for me to be my own god. You know, to be to take action, and you know, to create the life you love. But really, the last year has proven to me that God is the one taking action to create the life that we truly love. And that's what I want to leave you with today. You know, ultimately, look, whatever you're doing, whether it's sales or you know, working in customer service or you're working with people, it doesn't matter. You're always going to have to balance complementary opposites. As a Christian, we have to balance complementary opposites. There are times when we need to rest in his grace and there are times when we need to take action and and embrace the faith that we've been given, right? It doesn't mean that we're saved by works. It just means we got to take action. There's two perspectives. That's the dance. And you're going between both of them because when you when you do one, for too long, you get carried away by that. You take action for too long without checking in with the Lord and remembering his grace, then, you know, you're going to get burned out and you're going to start drifting off into this whole be your own God mentality where you are, you know, just uh, trying to solve your own problems without including God in them. But then on the other side, you know, if you are not doing anything, you get complacent, right? So ultimately it's a dance. That's why I said it's a dance between two things in the Bible teaches us that dance. And so all I want to leave you with is make sure you develop a habit of prayer. You'll be surprised. You know, God, the life that I thought I was creating for myself five years ago, um, I worked really hard for it. And I didn't create very much. You know, I thought I did, but I look back and it wasn't that meaningful. Just in the span of a year, God has created exponentially more in my life with exponentially less, exponentially less. And that's why I know it has God's signature all over it. When I was trying to create my own life, I spent a ton of money, I spent a ton of effort, and I didn't really do much. Now, without having really any money, (laughs) and with very little effort, so much has changed in my life, and that's got God's signature all over it, because he brings life to where there is no life. He made Aaron's staff bud with almonds. Okay, he brings back the, the living from the dead. And so ultimately, he's the one we have to lean on and we have to live day by day. Make your plans, but live one day at a time. Learn to live one day at a time. Learn to pray often. Learn to check in with the Lord. Learn, I'm trying to get my words right here. Learn and Lord. Check in with the Lord and learn to pray often. That's what I want to leave you with. So I hope this has been a blessing for you. I'm really looking forward to sharing more with you, sharing more testimonies, sharing more Bible studies, sharing more you know, whatever comes my way to share. So thank you for being here and we'll see you next one. God bless.